I'm a clay sculptor and I'm passionate and curious about all things creative. This podcast is about conversations with all kinds of artists, the how and the why they create. I'll be talking to painters, poets, potters, novelists, actors, musicians, clothing designers, leather makers, jewelers, and uh, there also may be some wine involved. On to episode number nine. Mira Matheson, Potter Mira Matheson from Victoria, BC. And we're going to start by pouring ourselves a glass of wine. So I, what do you have there, Mira? I have a uh, Damasco wine. It's oh. um, from the Zanata Winery um, oh. in Couchin Valley. Really? It's the oldest winery on Vancouver Island. Oh, I don't think I've had anything from them before. Oh, well, this is why I'm doing this. <laughs> Part of the reason. <laughs> okay, well, I'm going back to the Okanagan Valley, and I've got a Pinot Gris from Nine Acres. So I'm, I'm having white tonight. I, I'm, and, and that sound that you hear is I cheat sometimes. I like things really cold, so I put ice in it. I know you're not supposed to, but whatever. I'm six. No. I can do what I want. <laughs> so cheers to you. Mira, cheers. Cheers to you. All right. Wonderful to see you. Mm-hmm. I wish it was in person, but we're working on it. We'll get our vaccines and we'll be there. So thank you so much for being here. Well, thank you. It's uh, uh, I'm in awe. I'm so privileged. Thank you so much. I use your teapot every day uh, and your sugar and creamer when, I, when I'm allowed to have sugar and cream. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, but I just love your pieces. I've always have. And, and I, I, so this is why I wanted to share you and your work with the world about what you do in Victoria. So I always like to know people's origin stories. Like what was it that first got you attracted to the medium of clay? Well, I never did it in school as many people do. Uh, And I was living on a sailboat, quite a small boat and had a small child. Oh my. And a friend down the dock said, let's get out of here and um, let's take a course, some night course, just so we have a bit of a relief. Wow. So um, she suggested clay and I thought, oh, wow, why not? So let's try it. So we went to this course and the first night was okay. Uh, The second time, the second week that I went, they allowed me to try the wheel and that just was such an amazing experience. I can still feel the excitement and the feel of being on that wheel. And that has never, ever left me. It's just such a love of working with clay. And, you know, I really, that's one of the things I always remember is the excitement and how positive it was for me and, and everybody else that was working with clay too. Yeah. It just turned on something. It really did. And it's never, ever gone away. And you were living on a boat at the time. (laughs) I know. Isn't that bizarre? (laughs) And then that, of course, that kind of that interest in clay. Yeah. um, I actually did put together. I couldn't couldn't use a wheel on on the boat. Yeah. But I did hand building on. It was like an 18 by 18 inch counter that I had. Oh my. So I started making, you know, hand building clay and it came to a point where I thought I absolutely can't do this on a boat anymore. Yeah. So we built a house Uh. and, (laughs) and a studio, of course. (laughs) So you built a house and a studio to accommodate your addiction to clay. Absolutely. (laughs) 
love it. And I've oh. never, ever looked back. I've always, wherever I've been, always have had a studio, always. Yeah, it's an escape. It's your center. It's your center. I, I call my studio my sanctuary. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yes, I hide I hide a lot yeah. in my sanctuary. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So, so, and then you also went to Banff Center of the Arts at some point. Yeah. You know, I, I, when I started, you know, you're just, you're learning so much. And then when I got my own studio, I had time to work. And I came to a point where I knew uh, I needed more than just what I was learning through taking some community classes and. Right and teaching. So I had been to uh, Mount Spina College would put on seminars uh, every year. Right. And the they uh, put on a seminar and Les Manning from the BAMP Center okay. uh, did a discussion and he talked about the residency program. Oh. And at that point, I there was no way I could could have gone, but right. I thought about it. And the next year before he came out again to do another seminar I put in an application to do a residency that was huge the timing was all wrong that you know my expertise was was not and anyway I went to the seminar when after he'd finished his uh, talk I went up to him and said I have applied for the BAMP Center yeah and he looked at me and he said "Uh (laughs) (laughs) uh-huh and I said uh and I am going to be attending and he looked at me and he said uh-huh. <laughs> because they have so many applications. Yeah. And I said, I don't care what it takes, but I'm going to be in that class. I really need to be in that program. Yeah. So he told me after, he said, I would never have gotten in if I hadn't gone and stood in front of him and basically demanded that I be in his class. Oh, what a good lesson. <laughs> so just, just insist. Wow. So how long was it oh, residency yeah. for? Uh, it was about three weeks. It, it really changed my life. Mm-hmm. Uh, totally working over, they were professional people I was working with. Mm-hmm. I was pretty quiet at first because I was so in awe, but I did kind of catch up with it and got it, saw what other people were doing. Mm-hmm. And he was all about where do your ideas come from? You know, instead of copying, you know, how to create your own work. And so that just really flipped me over. It really changed everything in the way I thought about play. Mm-hmm. And also, of course, having three weeks of nonstop and I worked day and night, it really was a huge change for me. Isn't that, that wonderful? Was- We're so lucky to have residencies that really it, they're intensives. Like your your only focus is on creating. Yes. And that yeah. you don't have to worry about making dinners yeah. or laundry or any of that. All you worry about is thinking about your art. Yeah. And, I, and, you know, I think people, they get to a point where they need that in their lives, yeah. you know, and, and I think you will realize it when you're ready and um, then you may have to talk somebody into making it happen <laughs> to go stand in front of somebody and says I'm coming no yeah matter what. <laughs> yeah <laughs> wow. it worked yeah it's like you saw your path clearly and that was part of it yeah, yeah yeah and that was you know that was many many years ago and I've never ever thought about not making work yeah 
ever since then. What determined what kind of potter you would be? Because so for people that don't know a lot about clay, there's so many varieties of clay and different temperatures and colors and different ways of firing. Now, do you mostly wood fire your work? No, no. What what happened was, as most people, when they're starting, we electric fire Mm -hmm. and electric firing changed a lot over the last many, many years. But basically, when I was doing it, you glazed it, the glaze stuck on the outside and you fired it. To me, it never looked integrated into the clay. It looked like it was just kind of stuck on the outside. Yes. So, you know, when you're when you're first working with clay, it was exciting just to have something Mm -hmm. turn out, you know, Mm -hmm. and and then as I progressed, I looked at other ways of firing clay. And I tried lots of different ideas and and ways. What happened was I went, I did a a residency down in Nevada with Tom Coleman. And he is a glaze master and he gas fires. And so after seeing how he he sprays all his glazes on, a lot of them melt into each other. So you get a lot of movement. So after attending that residency, I went home and ordered the same kiln as he has, a a guile kiln out of California. And again, that was another huge turning point. My glazes now started to match the work I was making. My work really reflects a lot of movement hmm. and a lot of that is to do with the ocean you know I'm still a sailor after 50 years hmm. and so you started um, when you were two right that's amazing yeah oh I know one. <laughs> oh, sorry <laughs> <laughs> I only wish <laughs> so yeah your work is your, your pottery is called dancer wood and yes that relates to the movement like the dancing and the even though they're wheel thrown you do a lot of manipulation with your work Yes. Yeah, I start with the basic form. And that's the quite often that's the easy part. That's the fast part. Mm-hmm. And then all the imprints and the manipulating, changing the shape of the clay, putting on different uh, liquid clays uh, to, to get some texture, and then glazing and overglazing and overglazing gives a flow to the work. Mm-hmm. And Dancerwood was the name of the house where I grew up oh, in wow. Victoria. Oh, nice. And my mom was really into gardening and flowers. She was head of the Gladiola Club and the Dahlia Club and the Camera Club and all, God knows whatever else. So it's not just the ocean that I look at, but it's also the plants that are around, especially in Victoria, of course. Uh-huh. And so that's a lot of the imprints are just basically from plants around this area. And with that comes the flow of the leaves and the colors that go with that. So, you know, I do kind of two different styles. One is plant, more plant oriented. One is more ocean movement, colors and all that. Like that. Now, I know people will go to your website right afterwards, but just to describe that one uh, big platter behind you, it does almost look like the the, sea scene, like with the water in the center, that the turquoise, then it goes out and the edges almost look like a sandscape. Yes, the, um, I use a lot of very thick liquid slips. Mm-hmm. And with that, I can get that wave movement. Mm-hmm. And if you, you know, put it on and, and it's flowing and I use a brush, it's natural horsehair brush, and it's very long. And so you can get a, a lot of uh, thin and thick 
with it, twisting the brush, and it will give you good, some nice, beautiful edges. You know, I do use a lot of the kind of the wave ongoing shape. And then yeah. some, depending on what, what it is, I use the imprints of shells or, yeah. or uh, crabs or things like that sea life and I'm always when I'm when we're cruising and boating I'm always on the shore looking for bits and pieces that I can be uh, making molds from and mm -hmm. uh, and then going home and and it's really neat because there you know I, I pick up bits and pieces and then I think oh I remember that we we're up you know desolation sound area when I when I found this very unusual oyster shell or yeah. huge mussel shell or whatever Oh, that's cool. And then, and then all those things get reproduced into the, as part of the work. As they part do. Of your, as part as, of me. As part of you, your vocabulary into the piece. Yes. Yes, oh, absolutely. Yeah. And that, you know, that's kind of when Les talked about making a pot you, that's what it is that, that my work is me. I don't make any, you know, I try out some different forms and, and things, but if it doesn't flow for me, I don't make it again. If it doesn't excite me, if I feel like it's just too much work, mm -hmm. I don't do it. It's so important to talk about that because I know, I mean, I, I do a lot of teaching as, as you have and yes. students have a hard time finding their voices. And that's really why you're there is to find your voice. It's not to reproduce somebody else's work or, or their ideas. It's to really yeah. find out what makes you interested and what makes you curious. Absolutely. The, um, you know, I've taught tons of workshops over the years all over the place. My workshops have, have changed in the last number of years. I look at how can I teach them to make their own work? You mm -hmm. know, because they want to see what you're doing. They, they're bringing you in because of, of your work. So it's kind of a, I, I teach both ways of making the techniques that I use because some of them are a little bit different than the, the regular working with clay. Yes. But I really talk a lot about making your own work, finding your own voice, as you say. Yeah. And we, uh, we really, I put them you know, the challenge is on to them. Okay, you know, get collect some pictures, think of some ideas, what excites you, you know, making making clay is as any artistic endeavor, it's hard, it's hard work. If you don't get what you're doing, you're, you're you won't be doing it for long. Mm -hmm. Yes, if you don't love it. And that applies to not just potters and, and, and visual artists, but that applies to everyone. You yeah. know, the books that I read, I, I wonder, how did you ever come up with this idea? And how everybody that decides to do something with their creative muse is somehow expressing something that's deeper inside them. Yes. And, it, and it's a, I think it's a lifelong journey, isn't it? Oh, it's, it never ends. And, and that's, Part of the excitement for me, you know, the ideas are out there. You know, I'm constantly thinking about what do I need to make a better wine glass? Ah, well, I can answer that for you. Yeah. <laughs> it's Cheers. <the> wine. <laughs> you know what? My wine glasses have a plant imprint in them. Oh. And that's so that Gorgeous. your thumb holds on to it. It's a bit of a dent. And that way you can never lose your wine cup. Where you can have more wine. And exactly. It's going to stay in your hand. It absolutely Ooh. will not move. Oh, brilliant. <laughs> I cannot. Because right now also what people can't <laughs> is that you're sitting in front of like these mile high stories of your beautiful work, all kinds of work. Have you just been working through the pandemic and, and just being stocking up for shows and um, actually funny enough you know th there are a number of shows of course have been cancelled yes. and you know I, I do home shows and I work with a few different groups they have 
you know, they've been canceled. But on the other end, um, I sell through some galleries. I sell through uh, Jonathan Bancroft Snell Gallery in London, Ontario. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, I sell a lot of work with him. Um, the In Tandem Gallery in North Carolina, um, the uh, Potter's Place up in Courtney and uh, South Shore Gallery in Souk. Right. And a few other galleries here and there. And, and I don't do a lot of online, like I, I sell locally a little bit, people that sure. know me. I'm really not an Etsy person. And right now I do have a lot of stock, but okay. it will all be gone in pretty short order because people are stocking up for the summer. But the good thing about, about the COVID and you always, you know, I always try and look on the positive side. I mean, there's so many negatives with it, yeah. but the positive side is that I have been able to slow down a little bit on my production side, you know, uh -huh. making mugs, which I love doing, but I, you know, mugs and cups, yeah. as many as I make, I can sell, but uh, what I'm doing in an, and really it's, a one person show coming up in London, Ontario right. at the Jonathan Bancroft Snell yeah. Gallery. So I've been experimenting a lot, a lot of forms and uh, shapes and glazes, oh. lots of different glazing. Oh. And so I've used the time to really stretch myself and I've had some horrible disasters. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good to hear. <laughs> <laughs> But I've also had some absolutely mind-blowing, uh, oh. uh, you know, work that's that's just excited me even more. So oh, excited! Is any of this work on your website yet? No, no, I, I'm terrible. I, my website is really out of date. I've, okay, I've got to get someone to help me with it. I hear you. And redo it. So yeah, the work that's on the website is not very current. Although that's you know that my forms are similar. The new work. The form is somewhat similar. It's the decoration and the glazes that are going to be different. Okay. Oh, yeah. so, and, and when, so, is this, when is this show happening? Uh, it's in September. In September. Yeah. So I'm hoping I can travel because I'd like to be at the opening. Yes. No kidding. Oh, you should be able to by then. I'm, I sure hope so. This that is me knocking on wood. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because that would be kind of the start of a nice holiday and then off to the friends have a place on one of the lakes and can keep going for a little bit. No kidding. Yeah. We're all going to be, we're all so eager, aren't we, to travel and to see friends and to, to hug. <laughs> yes. Hugging. Yes. I've got a buddy that he's, he's just he's really good friends and there are boating friends and he, he putting numbers down for each hug that he's missed. <laughs> so when we, <laughs> I'm going to be crushed when I you're gonna yeah you, you're gonna have to see, see chiropractor you. after that <laughs> I love that that's a great idea actually. yeah no doubt yeah okay so yeah. Can, can we talk a little bit about okay can we talk about Missa uh Missa so let, um, let's just explain what because people who have never heard of Missa that's capital M-I-S-S-A -S and it stands for Chosen International Summer School of the Arts Right. And it's in the most magical place. It if you is. Can describe it. It's, it's the most beautiful place. People come from all over the world. They to do. Come to this. It's two weeks, isn't it? About. It's two weeks. Yeah. Well, how it started, this would be, um, unfortunately, of course, because COVID, it's not running this year. Yeah. Uh, this year would have been their 34th year wow. in running. Yeah. And it started with five artists, media that 
that got together. They produced first year, I believe there was five classes and 40 people. And the people that were involved in it were some of the top people. They were all local people, but they were some of the top painters, fabric artists, and uh, potters. And they, they, um, they started and it immediately it was successful. And I started a few years after that, actually, I, I did a clay program, Pearson College, which is where uh, Missa is uh, located. Right. And just to, and, for a visual, Pearson College is set on this little bay. What's the bay called? Petter Bay. Okay. It's, it's absolutely beautiful. Oh, it's gorgeous. It's, yeah. it's, a, it's an absolutely first growth, beautiful, deep inlet. Yeah. Um, it's not too far from the downtown Victoria, but you would never know that this little oasis was there. And it's yeah. Machosan is a very rural area. Yeah. Uh, and so Pearson College is a world college. Uh, students from all over the world come. And in the summer, of course, they go home. Right. So what Pearson College did was they started allowing programs to uh, come onto their site. And after attending MISA, I was so intrigued with it. Yes. I had been working for the premier as his secretary. Oh, really? And I know. <laughs> Which premier? Still teaching. Premier? Harcourt. Harcourt, okay. And I had, I was still teaching pottery and um, going through lots of changes in my life. And I, I decided I wanted to work more with the art. So uh, what happened was the college had a position come up where they needed someone to run their summer programs. And oh. MISA was one of the programs. So fortunately, I became the executive director wow. of that program. And uh, there was a First Nation Rediscovery uh, program that I uh, directed well, plus oversaw the campus for the summer, uh, bringing other groups in, which was great. So for, for MISA, I basically, we took over the whole campus. It's not a huge campus, but we would take over the whole campus. Over the years, we were up, we were producing 40 different classes, over 400 people were coming in doing five day, two day workshops, most of them living on campus. What really was so wonderful is that it it was such a a building program where people talked about it and we started getting people from all over the world attending and the best thing also was that our instructors were coming from all over the world yeah you know because they heard about it and um contacts so this this small little basically two-week uh program was absolutely and it still is one of the the best, I believe, in 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 the world. Very short, but it ties it all back to what you were first talking about for going and for an intensive experience. Yes, right. The first time I discovered it, it was I I brought my daughter for a weekend workshop, and we had a wonderful time doing a multimedia workshop. And then yeah. and then I was I was asked to teach there, and it is such an amazing experience for everyone. The artists that are teaching are there for nice long periods of time. So you really get to interact with students, you know, it's so much better than two or three hours a day. Oh, yes. Having your having someone there. And you know, it's not just a nine to five either. No, you know, you, uh, you, everybody eats lunch together. If you're staying on campus, your breakfast 
and dinner. And then yeah. in the evening, you're either working in the studio yeah. or you're collecting with your friends either on the down on the dock. It's right on the water. So you're either on the dock or you're in the clay pit area, which... Um, <laughs> which was a real draw attraction because, yeah. you know, a lot of the instructors were still firing work. And, yeah. and so it became, you know, just a really intense social, but also being able to work, talk about your work, yeah. talk with others. And so that Plus I, is the mediums too. Like there's yeah. jewelry making, there's writing going on, there's music. It's just such an enriching experience. It is. It is. And many, I, I you know, I found over the years, cause I directed the program for 22 years mm-hmm. and I'm still involved in the clay program. Mm-hmm. And that's where I met you, of course. Yes, <laughs> what, um, what I have found is that many students will be visiting their friend in another class or just talking to other students mm-hmm. and they'll go oh that I've always wanted to try that so quite often they would uh, if there was room they'd stay on and take another class or they'd come back the next year and take yeah. another medium and really you know really enjoy it so it really does cross you know like even myself <clears throat> who who I'm a thrower your class doing the uh, sculpture was so interesting for me. And it has really spiked my interest in, mm-hmm. in uh, doing some hand building and sculptural work. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's oh, miss it. Some we'll get back to it. We're getting there. You could, I could see a light. <laughs> I hope so. I hope so. Cause I, I sure miss, you know, I miss seeing everybody because so many people became great friends. And yeah, yeah. part of the the real plus for me was I would go to the National Ceramic Conference every year, which yeah. is held in the States. You know, I'd watch uh, many of the instructors doing, you know, doing seminars or whatever. And then yeah. I would invite them to come up to our school. Of course, through all through all the talking and, and you know, discussing the classes and stuff and then meeting them and dropping into their workshops, these people became great friends. And I I have so many wonderful friends in so many different mediums and from all over the world. So what a rich life, what a rich life. So lucky. You know, I've traveled all over the place doing workshops, you know, England and the States and Mexico and all over the U.S. And the people that you meet, not just the instructors that, that you connected with, but the students. Yes, it's it's wonderful and interesting. It just you you just feel full when you, you when do you, and bless and, and bless. you know yeah. I can't imagine not living the life that I do. I mean, I I have the best of the best. I yeah. really do. You know, I've got fabulous uh, friendships. Uh, doing something I absolutely love, and the interest is still there, and yeah. uh, the friendships are still there. Yeah. Couldn't, couldn't ask for anything better. No kidding. I know. That's so great. And that's exactly why I started this podcast was to just talk with creative people about why and what they do. It's just it hopefully inspires everybody else to get out there and to seek oh, that yeah. out themselves. So no, I'm, I'm, I'm enjoying your podcast. They're, they're oh, wonderful. Yeah? And you see, you know, it's so great to have all these different people, different mediums, yeah. different ideas it really is interesting. And it, congratulations yeah. on you because it's Thank it's you. not easy. Thank you. you. Well, sure. I, I had a steep learning curve with all things technical. And, <sighs> and <laughs> I I'm still, still I'm learning. Still, I'm still crawling up the bank. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And yeah. then another wave comes and it hits me back down. <laughs> 
<laughs> okay. Well, so we, people can find your work online now at Mira Matheson, and I'm going to put this at the end, but M-E-I-R-A Matheson, M-A-T-H-I-S-O-N.com. Correct. And yeah. I just looked up Dancerwood and your and Dancerwood Pottery and a, and a whole bunch of stuff came up. So yeah, you said the different galleries that represent you, you they can go and, and visit your work there and hopefully yeah. soon they can come to like a, a studio, open studio or something. And yes, yeah, I, I always do um, a show um, at Christmas time or, or beginning of December, usually with uh, some Missa friends. Yeah. <laughs> And, um, and if anybody's interested, I, you know, they can come into to my uh, studio and do the COVID thing and, yeah. and uh, buy directly as well. But, okay. uh, but well, I like supporting our galleries because yeah. they have really had a tough time of it. They have. Exactly. Yeah. If they're still open, it's, it's remarkable. It is. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and that just, it also, please buy local everybody, wherever you are, go out and buy a painting, buy a piece of pottery, anything to support your local artists in this time, because it's not being easy, but I think we're coming, going to be coming upon a time of reinvigoration and excitement like we've never had for a long time. So I think so too. I think it's going to kind of, you know, I think this COVID has really put people back to thinking about how do we support yeah. our country and right. how do we support our local people and, and, and you know and I, and I think with artists I think we need to support all our artists because yeah. what would the world be without art exactly yeah exactly well that's a great note to end on so thank you so much Mira for coming and talking and telling me all about how you do what you you do that you started thinking I mean, it too in itself of itself is amazing <laughs> <laughs> well it's, it's an absolute pleasure Elaine and, and I, I really look forward to us getting together and having yeah, another glass of wine together yeah. <laughs> I keep track of where you're going and what you're up to so Uh (laughs) what a great conversation i'd like to thank mira matheson again for telling us all about her process and about the importance of artist residencies and retreats today i'd like to just put in a little plug for a project i've been working on I decided for my 60th birthday to create 60 skunks and all the proceeds, every single dollar, goes to support a local wildlife sanctuary called Critter Cares. They are for sale on my website. They're $50 and not including shipping. I think we have about 30 left to sell. So if you're interested in supporting a worthy cause and getting a very cute little skunk that holds a flower, please check it out on my website. Thank you very much for listening. And remember, creativity is intelligence having fun.